Welcome to the Hogan Levels False Claims Act podcast series. These episodes will focus on many important cases and issues that have surfaced in 2020, shaping False Claims Act enforcement today and in the years to come. In this six-part podcast series, our lawyers will analyze some key developments to help you prepare if the government comes calling with tough questions. During the past year, there have been new developments in the case law concerning the standard to be applied when the United States Department of Justice, or DOJ, seeks to dismiss a suit filed under the key TAM provision of the False Claims Act. Until recently, courts had lined up in one of two camps on the government's dismissal power under Section 3730C2A of the FCA. On August 17, 2020, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit added yet a third standard for evaluating government motions to dismiss when DOJ has declined to intervene in United States XREL CIMZNHCA LLC v. UCB. We will be referring to this case as the UCB case throughout. My name is David Bastian. I'm a senior associate in the Boston office of Hogan Lovells. Joining me today to discuss this issue is Mike Tice. Mike is one of the leaders of the False Claims Act practice here at Hogan Lovells, and he has been on the front line of litigation and enforcement actions involving allegations of fraud and false claims. Also joining us today is Stacy Hadeka. Stacy is a senior associate in our Washington, D.C. office. Her background is in government, aerospace, and defense, and she has a deep understanding of the government contract issues impacting our clients in the aerospace and defense industry sectors. For those of you listening, we are recording this podcast in our homes in light of COVID-19 social distancing guidelines. Mike, I'd like to start with you. Can you provide a bit of a uh, background on the key TAM provisions of the False Claims Act? Of course. The Quitom provisions of the False Claims Act are familiar to uh, many, but these are the provisions that allow private citizens to file suit on behalf of the United States against any person who knowingly presents a a false claim to the United States uh, for payment. Uh, This statute uh, is well known because it's uh, the one that allows whistleblowers, who we usually refer to as relators, to collect a percentage of the proceeds of the action or the settlement of the claim in an amount uh, from 15 to 30 percent of the proceeds. And uh, indeed, over the past 20 or 30 years, many millions of dollars have been awarded to uh, Quitom relators under these provisions. The history here is important. Um, Although the False Claims Act in the United States dates back to the Civil War, it was substantially overhauled in 1986. Um, when Congress overhauled the statute and strengthened the rights and remedies of uh, Quitom uh, relators. But at the same time, Congress uh, included a provision in the amendments to allow the United States to dismiss a Quitom case over the objections of the relator. Uh, This provision was viewed as necessary by Congress to preserve the prerogatives of the executive branch to control litigation brought on behalf of the United States to essentially preserve the uh, prosecutorial discretion of the United States Department of Justice to terminate cases that were not in the United States' best interests. How exactly did Congress address that in the 1986 amendments to the FCA that you just mentioned? You referred to Section 3730C2A of the Act. That provision states that the Department of Justice may dismiss quitom actions Uh, notwithstanding the objections of the person initiating the action, the the relator, if the person has been notified by the government of the filing of the motion and the court has provided that person with an opportunity for a hearing on the motion. 
Stacy, I'd like to bring you into the conversation now. Um, how often does DOJ typically use the power to dismiss? That's a great question. And this provision was invoked sparingly between the 1986 amendments to the act and 2018. Um, but what happened in 2018 is that Mike Granston, who was then the director of the fraud section at the Department of Justice, issued a memorandum formally outlining the factors that would be considered by the department inciting when to invoke this power to dismiss. And since 2018, DOJ has exercised an authority to dismiss under subsection C2A with somewhat greater frequency than in the past. And this has led to an uptick in litigation under that particular provision. What are the standards for dismissal that are applied by the courts? Well, before the Seventh Circuit decided the UCB case, uh, the courts interpreting this provision had divided into essentially two camps. One camp followed a precedent from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in a case called United States XREL Sequoia Orange Company versus Baird Nice Packing Corporation. So Sequoia Orange was a citrus grower who sought damages from all of the other uh, citrus companies in the industry, claiming that they had made false statements to the government in connection with a citrus marketing program that was promulgated by the United States government. Although the case was arguably meritorious, it was wreaking havoc on the government's ability to shut down this citrus marketing program. And so the Department of Justice intervened in the case and then moved to dismiss the case as part of an effort to bring peace among all of the different uh, companies in the citrus industry. The district court dismissed and, and the relators appealed. On appeal, the Ninth Circuit announced a test for dismissal under which the government must first identify a quote-unquote valid government purpose and then show a rational relation between the dismissal and accomplishment of the purpose. If the government does so, the burden then shifts to the quitom relator to show that the dismissal is fraudulent, arbitrary, and capricious, or illegal. This valid government purpose test imposed a bit of a burden on the government to show that it had some reasonable basis for uh, dismissing the relator's case. So the other camp uh, comes from a D.C. Circuit uh, case called Swift versus the United States. And in that case, the Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit held that uh, the government has an unfettered right to dismiss a quitom suit. So up until recently, uh, the two ends of the spectrum uh, on the right to dismiss were represented by the Sequoia Orange uh, test on, on one end and uh, the Swift test on the other end. Stacy, could you please walk us through the UCB decision that Mike just mentioned and explain how it's changed how courts should evaluate government motions to dismiss a QTAM complaint under the False Claims Act? Sure. Um, in UCB, the district court adopted the Sequoia Orange Standard and denied the government's motion to dismiss, finding it to be arbitrary and capricious. Um, the government ultimately appealed this decision. So on appeal at the Seventh Circuit, they rejected the Sequoia Orange test as too rigorous and the Swift test as too lax. It instead found that the applicable standard should be taken from Rule 41A of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. This is the rule that's governing voluntary dismissal of a complaint. And that rule provides specifically that the plaintiff may dismiss an action by serving a notice of dismissal anytime before the opposing party serves either an answer or a motion for summary judgment. 
And here in the UCB case, the Seventh Circuit noted, however, that the provisions of 41A are also subject to any applicable federal statute. So in this case, it sweeps in the provisions of the False Claims Act. And so turning to Section 3730C2A of the Act, the court observed that the government may dismiss the action without the relator's consent if the relator receives notice and an opportunity to be heard. Uh, Construing Rule 41 and Section 3730C2A together, the Seventh Circuit held that once the statutory prerequisites of notice and a hearing have taken place before an answer or motion to summary judgment is served, the case can then be dismissed. And so based on these conclusions, the Seventh Circuit remanded the case to the district court to dismiss the relator's claims as the prerequisites for dismissal were met here. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, It does uh, raise some interesting issues as to how different jurisdictions will approach this issue going forward. Now, Mike, this third standard that Stacey just outlined, uh, has that caught the attention of the government in any way, specifically from a legislative perspective? Yes. uh, Of course, the United States Department of Justice wants to have as much latitude as possible to dismiss Tom cases. As I said, or as I think Stacey said, this provision has not been... Uh, invoked that frequently, uh, a little bit more in the last uh, couple of years since the Granston memo came out. But the department has been pretty judicious about uh, exercising uh, the the right to dismiss. They've they've shown a tremendous amount of restraint in invoking this provision, even though defendants um, have hoped that that it would be used more frequently. Uh, but when it does invoke the power to dismiss, it doesn't want courts imposing obstacles to the exercise of that power. Um, The department's interpretation of Section 3730C2A of the Act is very similar to the Seventh Circuit's interpretation. You give notice of your intent to dismiss, provide an opportunity for a hearing, and then the dismissal enters, and that's pretty much it. Of course, giving this expansive power to the government uh, to dismiss Quitom suits may be contrary to the views of Senator Charles Grassley, who is one of the sponsors of the 1986 amendments and a champion of the Quitom provisions of the False Claims Act and a champion of the rights of, of relators in these cases. And he has announced plans to introduce legislation to address perceived flaws in the DOJ's uh, dismissal authority. And we'll have to wait to see what that looks like, but but presumably it would uh, you know, push the, the test closer to uh, something like the Sequoia Orange standard and away from uh, the SWIFT and uh, UCB uh, sort of standard. Now, my final question to both of you, as we look ahead, how has this new approach from the Seventh Circuit changed how you personally advise clients and how you would approach litigation or enforcement actions under the False Claims Act? The new and third approach that we talked about today proffered by the Seventh Circuit appears to provide further latitude to courts to dismiss QTAM actions that should be welcomed by both the DOJ and defendants. Um, The UCB decision affords the government a largely unfettered right to intervene and dismiss over the relator's objection during the early stages of litigation, and this is, of course, welcomed by our clients. Mike, how about you? Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Seventh Circuit decision reflects uh, perhaps a a growing consensus that that the government should have greater control over Quitom litigation. 
and it could serve to support the department's uh, increased cadence for seeking dismissal of Quitom actions under the Granston memo. The Sequoia Orange test was not an insurmountable obstacle to dismissal, um, but imposed just enough of a burden to make the government wary of exercising the dismissal power in, in some cases. And I would say that the UCB decision might alleviate some of those concerns and uh, open the door to uh, perhaps a little greater frequency in the government invoking the dismissal power. I'd like to thank both of you very much for joining me. This has been an incredibly helpful and insightful uh, discussion. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in any of the issues raised during this podcast, we would love to discuss them in more depth. Please feel free to reach out to any of our podcast participants to talk through any questions or comments you may have. For additional analysis on this topic and others around the FCA, please download our latest publication, False Claims Act's 2020 Guide and the Road Ahead from HoganLevels.com.